It's What Up Wednesday. Today, I'll be your Santa and tell you about two new managers around the MLB. You are Locked On White Sox, your daily Chicago White Sox podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Sox. Thank you for making Locked On White Sox your first listen each and every day. We are free and available on all platforms. We are free and available on Instagram and Twitter at Locked On Sox. And you can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. Today is December 22nd. Again, if you missed Monday's episode, this is a continuation of Monday's episode. We are going through the mailbag. And in that episode, I let you know that we are going to three episodes a week now until the week of February 13th when pitchers and catchers report. So the week of pitchers and catchers reporting, I will be back to you uh, five days a week, Monday through Friday. I will get you an episode each and every day, again, starting on February 13th. On today's episode, we are continuing rifling through the mailbag. I will be playing Santa, hearing your wishes. And after that, I'll tell you about two new managers in the MLB. We got one in the AL and we got one in the NL. Let's open up the mailbag. Hey, Sean, Mark in Litchfield Park. What I want for Christmas under my White Sox Christmas tree, I suppose, is Dylan Cease to find his command. Stop falling off the mound to the left. Stop getting into his own head and freaking out when there's an error behind him or a misplay or whatever it might be. Um, I, this guy's got unbelievable stuff, and he just can't seem to lock it down. So I'd like to see that happen. That would make me a very, very happy Sox fan. So thanks. Thank you, Mark, for always calling in. Appreciate the message. Happy holidays to you. And let's talk about Dylan Cease. I had the episode back on December, I want to say 16th. The 17th was a Friday, so we're doing sporkle quizzes. So the 16th was the day I presented my case on why I think Dylan Cease has the best chance out of any White Sox player to win the AL Cy Young. And I know Mark knows this. Mark, Mark's a, a heavy listener. He's always calling in with his White Sox thoughts. And I know Mark heard that episode. But you, the listener... Might have missed it. And let me try to summate and summarize why I think Dylan Cease has the best chance to be the 2022 AL Cy Young. I'm trying to grant your gift here, Mark. I'm trying to tell you, you know, how how it could happen. Oddly enough, I already think it's happening. I think he's found his control. In April, his first four starts, he had a first strike percent of 39.2%. The worst in the major leagues. And then it seemed like he started to attack a little bit more. And a little bit more. And it may he had a lot of good success. But over those two months, he finished with, I believe, it was 26 walks in total. Then, you look at June and July. And the walks went down. Went down to 18. And I looked at some of the stuff uh, that that was provided by Brooks Baseball. Mainly the release point. And Dylan Cease, from April to May, and compared to June and July had a more consistent release point on all of his pitches. They were coming out closer to the same arm slot every single time. And you move to August, September, October, his one start in October, not not included in the postseason game. He, I mean, and I cannot emphasize 
he is almost there to having the same exact release point on his slider, his curveball, his fastball, and his changeup. And from August, September, and October, he struck out the most players per nine innings in the entire MLB. He finished fifth in the MLB over those three months. And the four guys above him, Dylan Cease in August, September, and October, he pitched a total of 57 innings. The guy above him, Logan Webb, 81 innings. Scherzer, 68 innings. Sandy Alcantara, 80 innings. Robbie Ray, 75 innings. All the players that were above him on the strikeout leader list from August 1st to the end of the season all had over 60 innings pitched in August, September, and October. Dylan Cease was at 57. And you're talking about control here. His stuff is great swinging miss, and and you know this, Mark. I know you know this. You're calling about control, and still there are issues. It's not all perfect. Dylan Cease didn't fix it because he has similar release points over and over again. You go into the stats. Out of those same players, the, the, the strikeout list from August, October, and September, you look at the top 10. Dylan Cease, although he's, again, the only person under 60 innings pitched in that time frame, he also is the only pitcher with 20-plus walks. And that's why his innings pitched limit or innings pitched amount is down so much. He pitches too many pitches within the inning. And there's an example of a game that I think blends what Mark is alluding to in his voicemail and what I saw and what the numbers show in August, September, and October. First, let's hear from Dylan himself. This is after the... September 17th game against the Texas Rangers. Dylan went five innings, four hits, no earned runs, two walks, and 10 strikeouts. The focus and the attention was one of those, you know, I've, I've had those games where I got a big lead, a big lead and I still, you know, wasted pitches. So, you know, when I got that lead, it was, it was uh, you know, no more wasting anything. We're throwing the ball in the zone. In that game, Dylan Cease was spotted a one to nothing lead in the first inning. He threw 92 pitches total over five innings of work. And in the first inning, he threw 25 of those pitches. And he talked about it, how he got a lead and how typically throughout the season, he would get a big lead and he would stop attacking in the zone. And we talked about Cease's mindset of attacking on that December 16th episode. In April, he talked about how he needed to attack more. And in a way, in watching Dylan Cease, I think there is some part of him that doesn't either trust the stuff or he's just nervous. He's 25 years old. Before this season, he threw 132 innings going into this year. And I think at times we forget that these guys, especially this White Sox team, is made up of a lot of guys that are inexperienced. Eloy Jimenez has never played a full season. Luis Robert has never played played a full season. Dylan Cease just played in his first full major league season. These guys are works in progress. And Mark, I absolutely understand why you're thinking, oh, well, Dylan Cease gaining his command. If he gains his command, I'm try- I, mean, I think I've laid out the stats. He's a Cy Young <laughs> caliber pitcher. It's just about him now. This offseason... This part where we don't hear from him, 
this part where we don't see from any of these guys, this is where he needs to do that work. He's big into yoga. He's big into mindfulness. And I really think the exposure of playing in an entire 162-game schedule is going to do huge things for Dylan Cease if he's able to put it all together. And this offseason, it will be more difficult than ever to do that with the lockout and also the pandemic. And to get a sense of what Cease is going through, Lucas Giolito was interviewed by Fox Sports' Jake Mintz of Cespedes Family Barbecue. And this is what Lucas said. Ethan Katz is like family to me. I've known him since I was 15 years old. Beyond baseball, he's a very, very close friend of mine. He was at my wedding, I was at his, and I just think it's strange and unfortunate that because of the lockout, he's being told he's not allowed to talk to me or any of the other guys. Giolito says he's reached out to Cats and other White Sox employees, but has either received no response or has been told by those colleagues that they were not allowed to talk to players. Giolito said, I understand we're dealing with the business side of things now during the lockout. I just think it's unfortunate that personal relationships need to suffer as a result. And in that same piece, Jake goes on and tells the story of Zach Britton, Yankees reliever. His brother is currently the manager of the Baltimore AAA team, and they're not allowed to talk. Two brothers, two people that have known each other well before baseball would have known each other without baseball now during the holiday season can't talk to each other are technically prohibited from talking to each other and Zach joked that during Christmas he's got to stay on the other side of the room so with all that in mind that Lucas Giolito can't talk to his close personal former high school coach Ethan Katz Zach Britton is not allowed to talk to his own brother and Dylan Cease will be left to his own devices Giolito said that we're professional ballplayers, we've been through this, and we know how to get ourselves ready. So, Mark, I ultimately understand why this is a wish, because we have no control over it, obviously. Dylan Cease has control over it. Maybe he, maybe he doesn't. I guess that's why you're calling in. He doesn't have control over his control, but he does have control over his control of his control, right? And with all this being said, I th- look at Dylan Cease and this offseason as massively crucial to him. I think 25 is a pretty good spot for most pitchers to make that jump. And I think after having a full season underneath him, and especially with the way that he finished strong last year, I think that has to give him confidence because a lot of the time when he's falling off to the left or he's not following through or he's not staying balanced, I think a lot of that is getting in his own head. And understandably, pitching, you need to be perfect, you need to repeat, and you need to be focused. And Dylan Cease, again, even in a game where he strikes out 10 people, 10 batters, he says that he still needed to shift his focus and attack the zone. If he comes into spring training next year with the mindset of, I need to attack the zone, he comes into the spring training next year and has figured out his balance, and maybe he has more repeatable mechanics. I think his mechanics are fine. I think he just needs to perfect them. But with all this being said, Mark, if you have a confident, hardworking, and now a player with experience, I think that everything is there to combust Dylan Cease to an explosion 
an explosion throughout the American League. I know you see it. I see it. He's got the best stuff on the team. He's just got to now go perfect it. Have fun. I'll grant more wishes next on Locked on Socks. This holiday season, grab the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar or even better than a candy bar. Built Bar, filled with so much holiday goodness, rich with decadent flavor, covered with chocolate, but amazingly low in calories, sugar, net carbs, and fat. And they're high in protein. You get the best of both worlds, delicious and healthy. I know Lockdown Sox listeners know Built Bar from Tanny and Herb's relationship with them. I know I know Built Bar from my relationship with Tanny and Herb. I show up to work at the 670 The Score Studios, and in every drawer, there's probably a loose Built Bar. I know Tanny and Herb were always bringing Built Bars around. I've seen every flavor, raspberry, mint brownie, cherry, double chocolate, cookies and cream, peanut butter brownie. Tanny wouldn't stop talking about his favorite flavor, the German chocolate cake, because it gave him the extra fuel he needed to get through the day. So this holiday season, stock your stuffings with a few Built Bars. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and get 15% off your order. Again, Go to built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and get 15% off your order. We are back here on Locked On Socks. Thank you for making Locked On White Socks your first listen each and every day. We are free and available on all platforms. We are continuing our holiday mailbag here, and we have an email this time from Alex. Not sure if it's our Alex from Bolingbrook. Just got an Alex. He says, Hi, Shanta. Yes, the horrible pun was 100% required for this email. It's fair. This year for White Sox Christmas, I'm hoping for a copy of Chili Dog MVP under my tree. Though sadly, it doesn't come out until early 2022. After hearing about Dick Allen come one short shy of the Hall of Fame, it just seems right to learn about him and the role he played for the Sox as we count down the six years till he's up on the ballot again. I guess I'll just have to wish and hope for a Dick Allen jersey instead. Anyways, have a happy holiday and may your White Sox wishes come true. Alex. Thank you very much, Alex. Happy holidays to you and obviously happy holidays to everyone. May your White Sox wishes come true as well. And first off, before we get into the Dick Allen part, I do want to mention Alex little PS here is regarding the first wish we got. And that was the Tim Anderson field of dreams Jersey. And all I will say is third party sellers of jerseys, you know, eh, there, I understand that some of them can be done really well, but there's just the Irish guilt of going onto one of those third party websites and knowing that when I was 12 or 13 and, asking my mom if I could buy some of the stuff that's on on those websites, her being afraid of her getting her credit card stolen, or I would be nervous over the the month-long wait that it, it takes to get shipped over that it might get lost. It's it's just not it's not for me. And jersey buying for per for in general is just not it's not perfect. It's, it's a horrible industry. Cause to get something authentic and something reliable while also being cheap, you're really not going to find that. You could find reliable and authentic here in the United States. Maybe Fanatics has released it. Or you can go authentic and reliable and go to the Dream Shop with Bill Henderson and get probably one of the most beautiful jerseys you'll ever have. But 
the customization is just going to make you bankrupt. It's really tough to find good, reliable, cheap, and authentic jerseys in the U.S. Because even then, like the, the Fanatics jerseys that are, let's say, $100, the replicas, can't find any. You can't go out and get a kid of Tim Anderson Field of Dreams replica jersey right now. It's just not happening. And you can't, I mean, this election in general, there's not any gray uniforms. I can't go out and buy, uh, to go to the, I think, Chicago Sports Depot. I don't think the Chicago Sports Depot even sells gray jerseys. You can get white pinstripe, you can get black, and they just, on December 4th, released the City Connect jerseys. And then I don't even think that store even had the Field of Dreams merch. Maybe, maybe a very, very limited run. But the Chicago White Sox team store didn't even have the Field of Dreams stuff. It's infuriating. And I'm going on a different Jersey rant. Let's go to your real (laughs) meat and potatoes of your email, Alex, and that's Dick Allen. It was really shocking to see one vote shy. Like, who's, who's the Grinch that didn't vote for Dick Allen at this point? Like, just prolonging this another six years. Like, at some point, Dick Allen will be in the Hall of Fame. Absolutely. You are right about that, Alex, that in six years... You know, hopefully he'll be back up and he will get back in. But it, it is really, 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 really just disheartening that he hasn't gotten in yet. And before I get to the book recommendation, because I think the book recommendation is the strongest part of uh, of Alex's email, I'm like him. I, I don't know enough about Dick Allen. I want to learn more about Dick Allen. And the only thing that I could say that I know for sure is, you know, there's a 10-year span from 1964 to 1974 where he had an OPS plus of 165, and this won't be a perfect comparison, but just to look from 2011 to 2021 to give a modern example of how good Dick Allen was, you look at that 10-year span from 2011 to 2021, just like Dick Allen's 64 to 74 run, he would be second in the MLB in OPS+. Second, behind Mike Trout. Like... (laughs) Why isn't he in the Hall of Fame? He should be in the Hall of Fame. And a book that is going to explore that is what Alex would like for Christmas. It's coming out early in 2022. It's called Chili Dog MVP. The authors of the book are John Owens and Dr. David Fletcher. It is called Chili Dog MVP, Dick Allen, the 1972 White Sox, and a Transforming Chicago. And that it recreates a unique time and place in baseball in Chicago history when the arrival of a controversial slugger lifted the bedraggled Sox out of a daunting hole and briefly united a... Ooh. Fractitious? F-R-A-C-T-I-O-U-S. Clearly, I need to read more, as I did not know this word, and I just spelled it out to you. In my very quick research now, it is fractious, and it's an adjective that is defined as irritable and quarrelsome, which, hey... To describe the White Sox, irritable and quarrelsome, pretty good. Similar, grumpy, grouchy, crotchety, cantankerous. Yeah, I know a lot of White Sox fans like that. (laughs) But I do really appreciate the book recommendation that Alex passed along to me and you. I was unaware of this book at all. I, I, I I was unaware that this book was coming out, and it looks extremely interesting. So shout out, Alex. Uh, for for throwing out the suggestion, I will definitely check it out in 2022. And it's a really cool, uh, uh, not album art, but book art. Uh, the the cover of the the book is really well done. I think it's uh, Todd 
Radom, R-A-D-O-M, did the artwork. And I think you could see Belton Bill Melton down at the right. You could see in the left Nancy Faust. You could see up top Harry Carey. And I, I don't I don't even know who's in the top right. This is why I got to read the book. Uh, it's an old white man. He looks angry. Is it daily? I don't know. But in the middle, you got smiling Dick Allen spinning a pinwheel. And it's a, it's a really nice, colorful, vibrant book cover. And I think for all of those that might be making uh, New Year's resolutions to read more, you can add this to your book list. I thought, you know, I could be like Oprah. Maybe we have a little White Sox book club. Call in with suggestions, 312-566-8727, or you can write in at LockdownSocks at gmail.com. We got two new faces, kind of, in the MLB. We'll talk about them next here on Lockdown Socks. Bet Online has you covered all season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football season continues the march to the playoffs. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website at betonline.ag to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKED ON to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Right now on betonline.ag, the White Sox have the eighth highest odds to win the World Series at plus 1,600. Again, head over to betonline.ag to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use promo code Locked On. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet Online, where the game starts. So I ended the last segment by saying new faces, kind of, because they are new managers to their two new teams, but they are lifelong baseball guys. Names you'll definitely remember because they've either been in baseball for hundreds of years or they're former White Sox first baseman slash DHs. Let's talk about them. We'll talk about the American League first. The A's, after Bob Melvin has left and has now become the Padres manager, the A's have hired bench coach Mark Kotze to be their new manager. Yay, Mark Kotze. Yay, congratulations, Mark. Mark obviously took over for Bob Melvin. He was the bench coach under Bob Melvin since 2016 for the A's. He was the Padres hitting coach in 2015, so he's had some experience in a couple organizations, but mostly under Bob Melvin and the A's organization. He was acquired by the Sox before the 2009 deadline. You guys remember that? Traded for Brian Anderson and Cash. Cash was always, you know, a guy that I thought was going to break out with the White Sox, but never did. Unfortunate, but we can have an entire White Sox therapy session on Cash alone. The White Sox and Cash, perfect, perfect little, little pair right there. But let's run through Mark Kotze's White Sox career. After being acquired from the Red Sox, he had 127 plate appearances in 2009, and 10 of his 33 hits were extra base hits. He slashed 292, 349, 434 with a 101 OPS+. Honestly, not bad. You get an average hitter, and it wasn't like Brian Anderson was good at that point. And I I guess Mark Kotze's longstanding, what he will be known for for the White Sox is replacing Jim Tomey. That was the year Jim Tomey became a L.A. Dodger. And then he would later finish out his career with the uh, the Twins, go back to Cleveland for a time, go back to Philadelphia for a time. Oh, he went to Baltimore, too. Jim Tomey has a weird career. 
and now he's possibly locked up still in Tanny's basement. So, you know, Jim Tomey has really gone around this great country. Back to Mark Kotze, though, who replaced Jim Tomey. 2010 with the White Sox, 359 plate appearances, and you guys already know what's coming. He had an OPS plus of... 83. So shout out to Marcotze for his time in a White Sox uniform, uh, but for also just respecting franchise history and getting an, an 83 OPS in 2010. The next manager we're going to talk about is in the NL, the NL East. Any guesses? It's the New York Mets. They fired Luis Rojas after the season, and they have now hired Buck Showalter. This was a rumor back in 2022. That I mean, I have a tweet about the Mets preparing to hire Buck Showalter and going 72 and 90. I said that in 2020 in January. And now basically two years later, it's happening. And I don't, I don't know why Buck last managed the Orioles from 2010 to 2018. He is the fifth manager above the age of 65. Showalter 65. You got LaRusse at 76. Dusty Baker, Brian Snicker, and Joe Madden are the other three managers above the age of 65. His most wins came with the 1999 Arizona Diamondbacks. He won 100 games, but my favorite Buck Showalter memory, or at least stat, nugget, tidbit, was that he was the manager of two teams that after the season he was let go as manager, won the World Series. He coached the, I guess managed, the 1995 Yankees, And in 1996, the Yankees won the World Series. In 2000, he managed the Diamondbacks. And in 2001, the Diamondbacks won the World Series. And I honestly do think that the Mets are in line to win 72 games. I understand they spent big money on Max Scherzer. I understand Boomer Esiason, longtime New York media guy who is on the score today. He said that he likes that ownership is serious. Steve Cohn, now the owner buying the team last year. And I understand where Boomer's coming from. It's nice to see money put into your team. It's nice to see when ownership is serious. I think the White Sox fans that have seen the moves that have been made, like Liam Hendricks, like like Yasmany Grindahl, like Dallas Keuchel too, I was excited for Dallas Keuchel, get really excited when the ownership is putting resources into the team. And Boomer talked about how, you know, Buck Shawwalter is going to bring experience and how that could help right the locker room. But I look at that Mets team and I just think they're absolutely cursed. And maybe this is me not understanding big markets. Maybe it's just, you know, the Mets will always get hyped up because they're a New York team. But it just feels different. Like, I, I don't feel this way with the Jets. I don't feel this way with the Giants. I don't feel this, this way with any of the L.A. teams. The only team that I know will fail and not meet up to their expectations every single year, it's the Mets. That's what they've done every single year of my life. And they've gone to two World Series. It's not like they haven't been competitive. But after their appearance in the 2000 World Series, they didn't make it to the playoffs again until 2006. They made it to the NLCS that year. After that appearance in 2006, they didn't make it back to the World Series until 2015. And they were able to follow it up in 2016 with a wild card loss, but immediately they followed that up with going 70 and 92. So honestly, after going 77 and 85 in 2021, even though Buck Showalter is supposed to 
provide the jolt, I just don't see it happening. And the only reason why I'm saying this is because go Mets, you know? Gotta love the Mets, baby. Gotta love the Mets. Great entertainment. I just, I hope they fail because it's, it's entertaining to me. And for some reason, I think there's no better way to wish you a happy holidays uh, than talking about why I think the Mets are a train wreck of an organization. But I do want to wish you happy holidays. I hope you enjoy your, your festivities with your families if you're, if you're having them. If you're not able to have them due to COVID, I'm in that boat. It, it sucks, but there's always next year. That's what I say. But regardless, happy holidays. I hope it's a nice, relaxing time. I will be back on Friday with some Friday fun, a little Christmas Eve episode. It should be fun. That will wrap up What Up Wednesday, though. I'm Sean Anderson. You can call in at 312-566-8727, or you can write in at LockdownSocks at gmail.com. Thank you for making Lockdown White Sox your first listen each and every day. Now go make your second listen, Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert insight and analysis from Lee Sterling. I'll talk to you next on Lockdown White Sox this Friday.